0: stories, spirituality, pathways, and aliens. You're here on The Long Road Home.
1: All right, here we go. Ready? Yeah. Hello everybody, Hello,
0: I'm Chad and I'm Emily.
1: Welcome to another episode of The Long Road Home, the 30th episode. Wow! Yeah, the 30th full episode I guess I should say.
0: That's wild. It
1: is, it's been such a wild ride.
0: At the same time though, I'm like... I realized recently that I've been like waiting for our anniversary and it's not for another six months. No, <laughs> it feels like, like it's this this like it,
1: forever ago. Yeah. As podcasting is hard, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work if you want it to sound good. I really do believe that. A lot of people just don't do anything to theirs, and some people make it work, and others I don't know so much about. Well, we yeah,
0: but like, props to Chad sitting across from me here, because he's um, no, become an you. audio wizard Thank you very over much. the course of the last six months. If um, anyone
1: wants to hire me, I am on Fiverr. Yeah. Uh, I do have a resume now. It's got some uh, all my artwork and stuff in it. It's really mostly doodles. He's so, pretty legit, though, at I'm least trying. when it comes
0: to um, audio editing. so.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: You can reach him also at thelrhshow at gmail.com. Or
1: join our Discord and come hang out. I'm in there constantly, <laughs> because I don't have a life. All right. I hope everyone's having a good week so far. So
0: I am. I got a sun lamp.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and a weighted blanket.
0: And a weighted blanket.
1: Yeah, it's been um really
0: really dreary here in Bozeman, and uh, I thought I made it through the winter without needing those things. Um, but you know what? Prioritize mental health, peeps. Just invest in yourself. Just get Buy the weighted that blanket. Sun lamp. Get the weighted blanket. What are you doing? What I else know are you it's doing? It's gonna be worth it. You're
1: laying on the couch anyway. Just get the blanket.
0: Why? Why not just take care of yourself a little bit, right? Anywho, Trudet. what were you gonna say? True debt.
1: Uh, so, during the, I just wanted to before we talk about what we're talking about today, I wanted to talk about something that I learned about that is absolutely terrifying. It is called grain entrapment, and Jesus, God, what a scary way to die!
0: Oh, this is a way to this die. This is how
1: you can die.
0: Do you think that this would have been featured on the classic "A Thousand Ways to Die" It might TV have show? been.
1: I don't know. There's a lot of them. I a learned thousand. about
0: a lot of ways <laughs> to die <laughs> watching that show.
1: I did too. You know, my twelve-year-old brain that and fucking live leak. So grain entrapment is uh, when a person becomes submerged in grain and cannot get out without assistance. So I was looking up quicksand because the place we're talking about has some quicksand in it. The pine and yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Oh, ah, no, I ruined Spoiled it. it. No, ah, it's fine. We
0: it's gotta start all over.
1: The so grain entrapment though is basically it happens in grain bins and other storage facilities like big silos or grain elevators and stuff like that. So basically, you're like you get on top of it. There's sort of a crusty layer. And it breaks into Why a big are you hollow on top space. Of it. I don't know. You're in there throwing, hauling grain. I don't know what you're doing in there. No, thank you. But or maybe you fall in. I really don't know. But basically, what happens is you you fall into a void underneath that crusty layer on top, and the rest of the grain swallows you. It yeah. just collapses in on itself, and you are completely immobile, and you suffocate to death.
0: Yeah, I imagine it would be like it's like an avalanche, but with grain.
1: Yeah, it's fucking scary. Oh, I just saw that and I had to tell everyone how did know you, about how it. Did
0: you get from quicksand. What happened on your research for this last... I, I click a
1: lot of links <laughs> uh, and I ended up here and it's crazy and what's really crazy is while the death rate from workplace accidents on American farms has declined in the first decade of the 21st century grain entrapment deaths have not reached an all time annual high of 26 in 2010.
0: That's too many.
1: And sadly many of them were minors because who else can oh, fit in those big no. in those tiny little holes in the grain silos as the little kids.
0: What is the purpose of going in there? Why I, do honestly, you need to go know. in there at all? That's what I want to
1: know. I don't know uh, apparently there's not a really easy way to get someone out of something like that especially if you're silo, because you'll just keep sinking and it's really scarier than quicksand but which i'm sorry i keep talking about quicksand that's how i got here but this is all something that like i don't know it really freaked me out when Couldn't i saw it you i you like, like dump all the grain terrible. out but it's it's uh, the silos are big it would take a long time you uh... might suffocate before then so, that's grain entrapment, go look it up, and if anyone can explain why you're in the silo in the first place, I'd love to know. yeah,
0: let us know what's up with that why are you Why are you getting in there? Yeah, I, I feel thought, like that's not. I really a thought thing. you just
1: threw the grain in the top and it came out the bottom, and no one ever had to get inside. Yeah,
0: so. let's just stop going in the silos. I yeah. think that could prevent uh you know twenty five deaths a year.
1: Yeah, of Jesus. minors. All right, well.
0: Um, but anyway, that has nothing to do with our episode today, No, right? it doesn't.
1: <laughs> Not really. There is quicksand in the Pine Barrens, quicksand, though. yes. And so, anyway, we got to get packing because we're taking a trip to New Jersey.
0: Oh, I hear Atlantic City is nice this time of year. All of last year's trash is blown away, and the beaches aren't warm enough for new trash yet. It's the perfect getaway.
1: Yeah, that's what the guidos say. I still <laughs> hey, think Hey, I
0: have to say, there are some parts of the shore that... That are kind of nice.
1: <laughs> ah, yes.
0: I liked Wildwood. That one, I mean, I could see where it could get trashy. But also, the beach has lots of hermit crabs.
1: Wonderful. Emily grew up for a while in New Jersey. Yeah. She did. Uh, yeah,
0: New Jersey. I still got my uh, sweatpants that say Jersey Girl on them. I lost my tank top. I used to have a tank top that said um, Jersey Girls Don't Pump Gas. But I lost uh, <laughs> ha
1: ha. Well, anyways, we aren't going to Atlantic City. We aren't gambling <laughs> our lives away this week. What?
0: Everything dies, baby. That's a fact. It's
1: a wonderful reference to the song from Everything the band that dies Atlantic City.
0: day comes back. It's the song is called Atlantic City.
1: Exactly. RIP, On Helms. Amazing drummer. Thank you. Instead, <laughs> good. <ahead. laughs> Instead, we're heading into the Pine Barrens, where over 250 years ago, it's said a woman gave birth to a half-demon, half-infant monster that scrambled out of a chimney and into the woods. Today, we're talking about the Jersey Devil. Yeah, we're also going to discuss a possible origin story that you may have not heard already involving the Leeds family and their beef with one of the founders of this here United States. So
0: strange.
1: It is, and Emily, it's uh, has she grown up in Jersey? She has a couple of Jersey Devil stories.
0: Just some little dinky ones, yeah. yeah. The Jersey Devil was definitely heavily talked about in my elementary school years, um, which is when we lived in New Jersey. I think
1: that's the most prominent <laughs> New Jersey Devil talk time is during your elementary Absol- school years. Oh,
0: absolutely, and <laughs> I specifically remember getting on the bus one morning. I had to have been in, like, third grade, and I got on the bus one morning, and one of my friends – claimed that the jersey devil had been to their house and everybody was going like no way that's not true and she said that they found a jersey devil track inside their kitchen
1: holy shit so we all asked for
0: pictures and the next day she came with a printed photograph of a um i don't know if what you would even call it just like a knot in the hardwood
1: in oh, their yeah, floor, but like it was kind of shaped yeah. like a, a like a
0: dinosaur foot. It was kind of shaped like that. And they were convinced that it was not there before, that the Jersey level devil, that the Jersey devil had left his mark. Um, and I was spooked, but also I was eight. So. Kids are so
1: <laughs> stupid.
0: There was another story, too, that we used to tell around the campfire about a young girl that was like camping with her family and she hit her nose. She, like, ran into a tree and hit her nose so hard that her nose was bleeding. And then, like, the Jersey Devil followed her trail of blood and found her. But I don't remember what happened after that. So... Maybe I don't have a lot of stories. About All the right, Jersey two, Devil, stories. Remember, two stories. But I remember I just remember hearing a lot about it growing up. I was definitely I was a hundred percent convinced that he was real. I was gonna find him. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah, in um Medford, New Jersey. That's where I was gonna find him. Uh and I was definitely scared. Yeah, definitely, definitely scared of the Jersey Devil.
1: Honestly, it's a spooky creature. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. But first, our sources. We have allthat'sinteresting.com, that's dot Alcation dot com, patch dot com, and weird NJ dot com. The NJ obviously standing for what else but New Jersey. So, Jersey's kinda big, right? Is it? Honestly, I don't know. It's not. <laughs> it's, I I really don't know. It's
0: not. I mean, it's bigger than Connecticut. It's bigger than Rhode Island, but it's I wouldn't call it a big state at all. I mean, you could drive from one end to the other in two hours.
1: Okay, well, let's talk about where we're going to be for a sec anyway. The New Jersey Pine Barrens, also known as the Pine Lands or simply the Pines, is the largest remaining example of the Atlantic Coastal Pine Barrens ecosystem, stretching across more than seven counties of New Jersey. New Jersey is actually very rural. They have the most black bears per capita of any state. That's I true. Just found that out, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, didn't they, don't they do a black bear hunt there now because of their population? They
1: were trying to. I don't know if they got it through or not, but anyway, go look at some pictures it's honestly really pretty, and it's really menacing at the same time. It's just densely packed pine trees as yeah. far as I can see. It's just a huge, huge swath of trees. It's beautiful. It
0: is. But, yes, daunting.
1: The name Pine Barrens refers to the area's sandy, acidic, nutrient-poor soil. Although European settlers could not cultivate their familiar crops there, the unique ecology of the Pine Barrens supports a diverse spectrum of plant life, including orchids and carnivorous plants. That there's, I did not know. Yeah, there's a native orchid there. I can't remember which one it is.
0: In New Jersey?
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: We'll have to go and check it out when we go there in October, yeah, right, Chad? Going
1: to New Jersey, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, we can talk about that at a later <laughs> time, okay? I don't know if I'm going to Jersey. But my like, listen kidding me. I just feel like if I'm going to New England, there's so many other places don't to go. You,
0: but that's where I lived. It's not just it's like you get to go and see You were eight years old. You gotta <laughs> see it. We're seeing the pie bears I'm finding that orchid.
1: All right. Well, anyway. The, the sand that composes much of the area's soil is referred to by the locals as sugar sand. Although this area wasn't great for farmers, there were some who tried to take advantage of the natural resources that could be found there. Factories making glass, bricks, charcoal, paper, and iron were dotted throughout the forest, fueled by investments from rich Philadelphians. A lot of people were intent on making their fortune, or at least part of it, out in the Barrens. This area also became dotted with roadhouses. Road with, house. With roadhouse. Roadhouse which provided a stay for the many people moving in and out of the area, including thieves looking for a quick buck. A bunch of rich people occasionally wandering around in the woods drew the attention of highwaymen, which often resulted in attempted robberies and murder. These included one A.J. Ryder, or the Cranberry King. In 1916, as Ryder passed through the barrens with his brother and daughter, their carriage was ambushed. They were carrying $4,000, nearly 90000 today, a huge haul for the highwaymen. They shot Ryder twice, killed his brother, and wounded his daughter. Even though they were able to shoot literally everyone, somehow Ryder escaped with his dead uncle and wounded daughter in the cart, so they got away. But that was kind of what was going on during this time period. It was a place of opportunity, but also very dangerous for people trying to earn any money in there. As time passed, industry in the Barrens dwindled as those rich Philadelphians took after other interests. It just wasn't worth the money anymore. In 1978, Congress designated the area as a national preserve, leaving the remains of several businesses and homes that can still be found throughout the Pine Barrens, some now hotspots for local graffiti artists. Today, the Pine Barrens are still intact, owing to the rugged, frontier-like nature that kept people away for centuries. So there's just something about old colonial towns that are so fucking creepy to me. You're walking through some dark, dank forest with a lantern; your only source of light. You've literally never seen the animals in New Jersey because you just got here on a boat a week ago, and something keeps saying your name out in the dark. Ooh. This is one of my. It's really though. It's one of my favorite horror movie periods, just because of how wild, menacing everything was to just a bunch of white people.
0: Well, and the pine barrens would be creepy. In creepy their own, as hell. In their own New right. England
1: is scary. <laughs> like I don't know. Something about the woods up there has always been like. Gives off very dark energy.
0: Spooky vibes.
1: Absolutely. All right, so we kind of got an idea of what the Pine Barrens are like now. You got a great picture in your mind, right? Trees, trees, an old clay factory, some bones. Well, now let's go ahead and dive into the main focus of today's episode, starting with the origin story, or stories, of the Jersey Devil. The story itself has a few different beginnings depending on who you ask. One legend maintains that in 1735, a destitute New Jersey woman referred to as Mother Leeds became pregnant with her 13th child. Leeds' husband was reportedly a drunkard who was unable to properly provide for his large family. Desperate, Mother Leeds cried out, Let this child be the devil! On a stormy night months later, Mother Leeds gave birth to a normal-looking baby boy. But then, before the midwives and Mother Leeds' 12 other children, the infant transformed into a winged beast with a long tail and talons. Mother Leeds is said to have tried to confine the beast to her home, but it grew quickly and viciously and killed her one day before escaping into the woods. Yeah. And so they're all sort of similar to that.
0: And that's the version that I'm more familiar with.
1: Yeah. They're all kind of the same.
0: Uh, And not, yeah, there's going to be like little nuances here and there. Exactly. But uh, overall...
1: Yeah. At the end, a giant fucking freak monster runs away into the woods. Right. And, but <laughs> in another version of the Jersey Devil's origin story, Mother Leeds was allegedly a witch who claimed that the father of her child was who else but the devil himself. Ah. Yeah. Yet another, It's pretty cool. Yet another tale claims that a young Leeds Point, New Jersey girl fell in love with a British soldier. When the Americans and British went to war, local townsfolk cursed the girl for her affair with the soldier. Consequently, when she gave birth to the soldier's child, it was a demonic beast that became known as the Leeds devil. A third variation of the tale tells of a young woman who refused to give food to a begging gypsy. At a different time, the gypsy cursed her and years later, the woman gave birth to a demon who fled into the Pine Barrens. So regardless of what story you believe, after the creature was born, it took off out of the cabin and right into the woods. Since then, stories from witnesses have placed the Jersey Devil all throughout the Pine Barrens, haunting the woods it's called home for centuries. Claims of devil sightings have spanned as far back as the story itself, adding effect to an already spooky story. So those are, that's sort of where that's where it starts, right? Yeah. A uh, little creepy baby pops out, uh, kills everyone. Some stories it kills literally everybody except like the dad and then runs into the woods. So whatever whatever the case, not looking great for the mother leads.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's having a rough go of it. Yeah, she was having a rough <laughs> go start. before
1: the 13th baby, I <laughs> right. think. Well, 12, that's 12, yeah. so a lot of kids be popping a out. A dozen. Cheaper by the dozen? Oh, cheaper, uh, cheaper I was just more labor up. by the dozen.
0: Cheaper labor by the dozen.
1: Yeah, there we go. That's Fair. the new title of the new movie. we We did. Took some digging, but we got there. <laughs> so what's the devil look like, you're probably asking. Well, maybe you're asking. I don't know. I can't read your mind, but we're going to tell you either way. According to the majority of accounts, the Jersey Devil is a flying creature with bat like wings. It has a head that is either similar to a horse or goat, with small arms with claws for hands. It is also reportedly adorned with horns and a long tail. You gotta
0: get the tail.
1: Have to. The creature is also said to sound off a blood-curdling scream. I'd be screaming too if I had tiny little arms. Could you imagine the problem that comes with short arms? Reaching those t- microwaves would be tough. Touching yourself would be impossible, and that alone would turn me into a monster. Oh my am I gosh. right? <laughs> the height of the monster varies by some accounts. He is six feet tall, but according to others, he is only three to four feet. So the height, yeah, and just people will defend You know, people are different sizes. Maybe it looked a little bigger to someone.
0: Maybe it's far away. Can't yeah. Tell.
1: Well, we're gonna post a picture of this guy in the Discord. Join the Discord, just in case you haven't seen any. I don't know why you wouldn't have.
0: I love how all of our episodes just now have subliminal messaging. It's like scattered throughout the story. We're
1: like, join the Discord. Yeah, We should just like
0: put that audio in the background at one point so you just hear join the
1: Discord just floating join the Discord. in the ambiance. Join <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that that is a great idea. We should do it. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon, Discord, Patreon, Discord. If you don't, we'll get you. <laughs> My favorite picture, though, is definitely the old Tommy one. And if you've seen it, it's just so silly. It's literally just different animal parts assembled in the way it was described. Nothing's proportional. It kind of looks like it would need like a like a something to stick its head on to to roll around with, so it could like keep its horse head up at all. And honestly, I'd shit myself if that came out of the woods though at me in the middle of the night because that Absolutely. is still very scary. Most of the literature speculates that the Jersey Devil feasts on local children, pets, and farm animals. Some have blamed him for crop failures, milkless cows, and droughts. Ben Shapiro even tried to blame his sexless marriage on the monster, I bet. <laughs> 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 Fuck Ben Shapiro. Some say citing the Jersey Devil signals coming disaster or war, or that it reappears every seven years on its own accord. I don't, I, I didn't see anything about why seven years. It doesn't really, I mean, it's the, the holy number. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not sure. I've actually, I've, I had not heard that before, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure what that would signify. It does sound like it's, like, biblical, you know, it does. in some Se- way. It seems like a
1: very, uh, you know, Puritan thing to throw into the story, right? Right. Well, we know this all sounds kind of ridiculous, right? And it is. What, lends the story? nuh <laughs> No, it's just real. uh
0: the Jersey Devil's real.
1: <laughs> Could be.
0: He's, you don't know.
1: I, you know what? Honestly, I've never been there. I don't know. You're right. Don't, I am, I am merely an entertainer. I don't have all the answers. I'm a believer. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> That's great. She's I believe in the Jersey very Devil. very angry right now.
0: Don't you... What's the whole... He's wrong. Anyway, moving on.
1: <laughs> what lends the story credence, however, is the fact that everybody, from regular citizens to government officials, have been convinced that they saw it in the flesh. Apparently, this cryptid has a bit of a traveling bone, as it has allegedly been seen all over the state of New Jersey, in Delaware, and in Pennsylvania. Every now and then, you just gotta leave wherever you're from to learn that everywhere else is probably equally as unwelcoming to a creature of darkness as New Jersey. Honestly, I bet he'd fit in okay down the strip playing the penny slots in Atlantic City.
0: Oh, absolutely! I don't think he would even he know he would he's do there. just fine on the shore.
1: Yeah, just ripping, ripping stoogies out on the shore with a with a brat, a dog. Is that right? Am I doing the? Is that New Jersey? No. no? <laughs> what do you gabagool? <laughs> there is a gabagool joke he's in here later. You
0: He's sipping coffee by the hop. Nope, that's Boston. Hang on. harbor is what I was about to say. He's sipping coffee on the boardwalk. He's having a nice time. Just leave him alone.
1: Just trying to... Yeah, just mind your own business up there. He's walking here.
0: He's walking here.
1: (laughs) All right, Emily... Why don't you go ahead and tell us about some of the sightings?
0: Yes. Okay. Let's take a look at some of these sightings. There are a whole bunch of them throughout the history of the area and actually start during the early 1800s. According to legend, while visiting the Hanover Millworks to inspect cannonballs getting forged, Commodore Stephen Decatur saw a flying creature. He fired a cannonball directly upon it to no effect.
1: This is still in line with everything we've learned about Everything. What is the first thing you do? Shoot at it. shoot at it.
0: Don't get somebody else to look at it and maybe verify your sighting.
1: No, immediately fire upon it. fire
0: upon it. This was according to James F. McCloy and Ray Miller Jr., who wrote a book called The Jersey Devil. Joseph Bonaparte, Napoleon's older brother, claimed he saw the Jersey Devil while hunting his Borden Town estate in 1820. The creature received blame for several livestock killings in 1840. Similar attacks were reported in 1841, accompanied by tracks and screams, according to legend. The most infamous of these incidents occurred during the week of January 16th through the 23rd, 1909. Early in the week, reports started emerging from all across the Delaware Valley that strange tracks were being found in the snow. The mysterious footprints went over and under fences, through fields and backyards, and across the rooftops of houses. They were even reported in the large cities of Camden and Philadelphia. Isn't Camden the blueberry capital of the U.S.?
1: I don't know. The Cranberry Kings from somewhere. There's full of berries up there in New Jersey. I don't know. I've seen, I think there are pictures of some of these like quote unquote footprints that people are seeing, or at least like illustrations and old newspapers and stuff. Pretty creepy looking.
0: Yeah, the footprints on the roof are what kind of get me there.
1: That's what I remember the most. I didn't like go looking for them, but I remember being like 15, being like, this is fucking crazy. Oh my God.
0: Oh, and I was wrong, by the way. It's Hamilton is the blueberry capital. That's still in Atlantic uh, in Atlantic County, New Jersey, but it's it's close to Camden.
1: I see. So thank you. Apologies to what was the town? Camden. No, the other one. Hamilton. Apologies to Hamilton. We were incorrect. You're you the got blueberry that title. king. Congratulations. It's
0: all you. Okay. Anyway, there were even reports in the large cities of Camden and Philadelphia that Panic immediately began to spread, and posses formed in more than one town.
1: Yeah, they were, they were ready to shoot it. <laughs> they were so ready to hunting go shoot Carter's, something. H-
0: hunting parties were gathered, ready to fire more cannonballs, I guess. At a cryptid. <laughs> At it. Um, fear and intrigue grew even greater when it was reported that bloodhounds refused to follow the unidentified creature's tail in Hamilton. Hey, Hamilton! We know that! Blueberry capital!
1: Just all things lead to Hamilton.
0: <laughs> they really don't. Um, schools closed or suffered low attendance throughout lower New Jersey and in Philadelphia. Mills in the Pine Barrens were forced to close when workers refused to leave their homes and travel through the woods to get to their jobs. So, wow. The fear was real at this Absolutely. time.
1: Absolutely, I think, it like, there's just, like, there was... I guess this is like the early 1900s. I guess it wasn't it was like
0: 1840. Yeah. I mean
1: still there's a I feel like there's a likelihood that you as a person probably haven't seen all the animals or even seen pictures of animals at Absolutely. the time. And you hear about something like this. It's very scary.
0: The roof... Yeah, I mean, the the footprints that are going over and under fences across multiple property lines, like, over rooftops. Yeah. I feel like that story probably would have spread really quickly.
1: Yeah, I think um,
0: so. Yeah, I, ima- I just imagine that that would have struck fear in the citizens' hearts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Eyewitnesses spotted the beast in Camden and in Bristol, Pennsylvania, and in both cities, police fired on it, but did not manage to bring it down. Wow. <laughs> They're shooting away.
1: Been shooting at things for centuries.
0: Yeah. A few days later, it reappeared in Camden, attacking a late night meeting of a social club, and then flying away. Fuck your cheese.
1: <laughs> F- swoop down, smashed their charcuterie board. Yeah. <laughs> oh, networking. Be a shame if someone shit on your table. <laughs> flies down, crashes their charcuterie board, poops everywhere, flies away, leaves people terrified.
0: Party ruined. Um, earlier that day, it had appeared in Haddon Heights, terrorizing a trolley car full of passengers before flying away. Witnesses claimed that it looked like a large flying kangaroo. So they must have had some knowledge of all the world's animals if they knew what a kangaroo looked like. I don't
1: know. Maybe, they probably like it. It's like hearsay. it's yeah. Like the telephone yeah, game. Yeah, like, yeah,
0: kangaroo. Kangaroo
1: kind of looks like a horse with hooves and wings and a tail.
0: That is the truth. You just described it. That's
1: exactly. That That's devil. what I'm saying. Hearsay.
0: Another trolley car full of people saw it in Burlington when it scurried across the tracks in front of their car. In West Collingswood, it appeared on the roof of a house and was described as an ostrich-like creature. Okay, that's a little different. Firemen turned their hose upon it, but it attacked them and flew away. The entire week, people reported that their livestock, particularly their chickens, were being slaughtered. This was the most widespread in the towns of Bridgeton and Millville.
1: This sounds like a like a Benny Hill. Segment. I was
0: literally just, <laughs> <trying to> go, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just flying
1: around, <laughs> fucking <laughs> with people, <laughs> smashing in trolleys, getting to fighting firemen, all just screams just Benny Hill
0: terrorizing himself. all of New Jersey and parts of Pennsylvania.
1: That honest dream job.
0: Yeah, Chad, is that is that your uh is that going to be your career goal at the top of your resume, Chad?
1: Absolutely, terrorizer.
0: Working towards the goal of becoming the one true Jersey Jersey Devil.
1: Yeah, I am the Jersey Devil.
0: You know what you got to do in order to become the Jersey Devil?
1: What's that? Go to New Jersey with me. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's worth it.
0: Just think, for you listeners at home, I'm trying to convince Chad to go to a wedding with me in New Jersey in October. So help me make him do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, she needs all the help she can get.
0: Anyway... The marauding misanthrope reappeared later in the week in Camden, where a local woman found the beast attempting to eat her dog. She hit it with a broomstick and it flew away. Way to go, Camden lady.
1: Yeah, saving little puppies everywhere. That's uh, so that's the type of story that always like gets me when there's strange creatures about. Because when they have like a physical altercation with it, right? And it's a little more detailed than just like it fl- flew into a trolley. It's well, weird.
0: yeah, the, I mean, it sounds like this year there were, or not this year, you know, but in the year of 1841, <laughs> um, that there were a lot of like in-person encounters where there was an altercation with the animal. I mean, this woman goes so far to say that she hit it with a broomstick. I feel like you got a pretty good eye on, on right. The at that point yeah the widespread coverage created fear throughout the delaware valley prompting several schools to close and workers to stay home according to robert e bartholomew's book a colorful history of popular delusions
1: well he doesn't sound skeptical at all
0: ah bartholomew get out of here bobby bart um
1: (laughs) i see what you did there now (laughs) it's robert bartholomew bobby bart boy i bet he got a lot of slack in school with that
0: more recent incidents include a farmer in Greenwich, New Jersey, who shot an unidentified animal that matched the description of the Jersey Devil in 1925. Even later, in 1951, a group of boys in Gibson, New Jersey, claimed to see a monster like the Jersey Devil while out in the woods.
1: I just want to say, the Jersey Devil can take a bullet. He has been shot so many times.
0: Maybe there's more than one.
1: Well, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Oh,
0: in nineteen sixty, merchants near Camden offered a reward of ten thousand dollars for anyone able to capture the Jersey Devil. If caught, they would even build the creature its own private zoo. Aw Hey, that's the way to do it, you guys. Way to go.
1: Yeah, they were they wanted to preserve it, I guess, or just capture it and make sure they couldn't terrorize well, it. Well, I anymore. like how
0: it wasn't dead or alive. They were they wanted it alive.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm
0: I'm, I'm sure they would have been fine if somebody had captured it or if somebody had killed it. They would have been like, that's fine too. Great. We'll hang this in the zoo. Yeah. (laughs) God. No, I mean, it's a better approach than just shooting a cannonball at it. It is. They're saying we're going to build it a private zoo. I feel like that's how you get people to care about.
1: Care about the the devil. Right. Uh huh.
0: Um, unfortunately, the reward has never been claimed because the devil was never captured. The New Jersey Zoo has been neglected by state legislator who by state legislature who spend most of the tax money they receive to build more gabagool factories.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Did I oh hit the nail God. on the head with that one or what?
0: <laughs> I Can we talk about how you spelled gabagool? <laughs> I
1: don't know how to spell gabagool. <laughs> I spelled it like it sounds.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> just so you know, gabagool, uh is actually capicolo, which is a type of sliced meat. It's just the New Jersey accent and the Italian accent is translated now to gabagool. Yeah. But it was capicolo, but now it's Gabagool.
1: Yep. Anyway. And they have factories <laughs> throughout the land in New Jersey <laughs> making it.
0: Oh, my God. You really just never know what might have been if they had caught the creature. Yeah,
1: it could have been, they could have had flying cars there by now if they had done it. Who knows?
0: Who knows? Yeah. In the article from Weird New Jersey, Mary Ritzer Christensen said that she got the heebie-jeebies one night in 1972 when she spotted the Jersey Devil on Green Tree Road. Christensen was driving from Blackwood to Glassboro when she said she saw a towering figure crossing the road about 25 feet behind her car. She described the figure as standing taller than the average man with thick conches like a goat and a huge wooly head. There are also quite a few stories from the 80s. Wharton State Forest Chief Ranger Alan McFarlane saw something in 1980 that both grossed him out and stumped his wild animal knowledge. A brutal scene on a South Jersey farm where a pack of pigs had been killed. He reported that the backs of their heads were eaten and the bodies were scratched and torn. However, there were no tracks surrounding the bodies and no blood on the ground.
1: Very weird. That almost oh, sounds like a UFO mutila- like it a, like a mutilation. It absolutely sounds scenario. like a cattle mutilation yeah, scenario. Weird. But um. And also, but not eaten. What's that? Those
0: mutilation cases—they've never, we've never like said that the head was eaten. No. Like that's it's true. always been precisely sliced. Yeah. And with with no blood and like, parts missing, but not.
1: The fact there's no tracks, though, is weird. Maybe That's he's weird. Sitting on top of them.
0: In the late 80s, a group of friends went camping and riding dirt bikes in the Pine Barrens. While riding down a trail about 100 yards from camp, the bikes all stalled. One said it could have had to do with the terrain or the nearby power plant. However, as suddenly as the bikes quit running, the men heard a piercing, inhuman scream from the woods. <laughs> well done. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. When they returned to camp, those who stayed behind said they also heard the screams. That evening, one of the men went to a local bar and told the bartender about the screams in the woods. The man informed the visitor that he had most likely had an encounter with none other than the Jersey Devil.
1: Hell yeah, it's, you leave with a story. Very important. Wherever you go, leave with a story.
0: Definitely.
1: Yeah, it's the moral of this story.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> God. Um... Stories about the Jersey Devil seem to dot the entire landscape around Jersey, although sightings have diminished as decades have gone by. Skepticism may seem high surrounding the elusive cryptid these days, but there's also a plethora of folk who still believe. Hell, even the ice hockey team is named after it. It's a fun, spooky tale to many, and even realer than that to others. While most people have their eye on the monster in this story, there's a whole other piece of the Jersey Devil lore that is often looked over. It's the story of the Leeds family itself, and after you learn about it, you may have to question who exactly the monster really is.
1: Yeah, so now we're going to take a look at the actual true story of the Leeds family, which is honestly just as zany as the story of the Jersey Devil. It's fucking ridiculous, to be totally honest with you.
0: Super, super strange.
1: It is. So, there once was a man named Daniel Leeds.
0: That sounds like the start of a song.
1: This is the start of a... sad story. Yeah. It's not true. really sad. It's salty. I don't know the right word. We'll see. Petty. Petty. OG petty. It really is. Leeds was a devout Quaker who came from England to settle in Burlington in the colony now known as New Jersey.
0: Where I grew up was in Burlington County.
1: Ah, cool. So you right. might have seen this man's disheveled grave. <laughs> Maybe. Leeds was a bit of an oddball among the Quakers, actually. He kind of had a reputation for being kind of into like the Christian occult and uh, that's not something that the Quakers were super cool about. In 1687, he began publishing the American Almanac. If you don't know what an almanac is, it's an annual publication listing a set of current, general, or specific information about one or multiple subjects. It often includes information like weather forecasts, farmer's planting dates, tide tables, and other tabular data that's often arranged according to the calendar. Celestial figures and various statistics are found in almanacs, including the one that Leeds created. Things like the rising and the setting, times of the sun and moon, dates of eclipses, hours of high and low tides, and religious festivals were extremely important to settlers and farmers, and pretty much every household had one if they could afford it. My grandparents had these as well. They loved their almanacs, and like their calendars would have like when the signs are in certain parts of your body and stuff, and if you go to the dentist when the signs are in the feet your teeth will bleed less is what everyone said. And that seems like an old timey thing. Cause I don't think there's a lot of blood involved anymore in dentistry like there used to be. So maybe it's not something you have to worry about, but they, they were convinced that that's what I don't know.
0: But I think it's so interesting. The, um, like amalgamation of the South, how you have the, the farmer's almanac and all of this astrological planning, but then also intense, uh, like intense Southern baptism.
1: Well, it's almost like the the cult world, the occult and the religion got all sorts of mixed up. And now they don't know the difference. Yeah. (laughs) Really and truly.
0: But I feel like that's where you get a lot of like um, a lot of cool. Yeah. Like folksy. Yeah. um, Remedies and and stuff like that. So I I personally I really appreciate it. I think it's really cool. My parents had the almanac as well. But when you think about it, it's just that statement of the signs being in different parts of your body like that's so interesting to me that our religious grandparents were into that anyway
1: they were into magic and didn't know it
0: i know that's what i'm (laughs) getting at that's exactly (laughs) where i'm getting at you know you know me
1: the quakers did not like leeds's almanac they accused it of using inappropriate language they accused it of using inappropriate language as well as symbols and names that were too pagan for their liking there we go yeah, That's this is like for. this whole early religious Christianity movement where it's like this weird mix of a cult and the Bible. Yeah, so weird. Anyway,
0: it's so interesting. I think well, we should so just cool. do an episode on that yeah! at some point. I
1: don't know where we'd find the information, but I'm I'm totally down. Cool. Anywho, at their next gathering, Leeds made a public apology, but still, an order was sent out to collect and destroy all copies of his almanac. This made Leeds resentful, and he broke with the group and continued publishing his almanac. So he said, fuck the Quakers, and he left.
0: Good for you, Daniel. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be, though.
1: Yeah, we'll find out later. (laughs) It may not have been the best choice. Anyways, in 1688, he published a book called The Temple of Wisdom, which put together various writings from other authors in order to form his own personal theory on the origins of the universe. That's pretty fucking cool. The Temple of Wisdom touched on various subjects, including angels, astrology, and devils. Much of his writing drew upon the work of Jacob Boehm, a German mystic who focused much of his writing on the nature of sin and redemption. Whoa. Yeah, and not surprisingly, the Quaker Philadelphia meeting suppressed Leeds' book, which prompted him to release another piece of work. In 1699, he published The Trumpet Sounded Out of the Wilderness of America, which was outright anti quaker So he started writing real hard against the Quakers and letting people know that they were up to no good.
0: Now he's coming in hot.
1: Yeah, it's Quakers. (laughs) What are they doing? Leeds claimed in this work that the Quaker theology denied Christ was divine and accused them of being against the English monarchy, claiming, quote, they formally exclaimed against the government of England. Beginning in 1702, Edward Hyde, Lord Cornberry...
0: Became, I love that name. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so silly. Lord Cornberry... Lord
0: be- Cornberry!
1: ...became the governor of New Jersey, and he would later become deeply unpopular. And who else was a counselor to him but Daniel Leeds? So he's associating with the wrong people. Leeds was a loyalist to England and the monarchy and thus convinced Lord Cornberry, Lord Cornbury, to not swear in members appointed to the assembly through a local election on the basis that he believed they were not loyal. Leeds siding with Cornberry and the monarchy caused the Quakers to view him as a traitor, further cementing the rift between them. Uh, that works too. Leeds continued. uh oh, so burpy. Uh, Leeds continued to print anti-Quaker pamphlets throughout his life, prompting George Fox, the founder of Quakerism, to actually respond with his own pamphlets. So he just stood up and said, I'm sick of this. And the, the founder of Quakerism came out. One of these, Satan's harbinger encountered, dot, 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 being something by way of answer to Daniel Leeds, published in 1700, wow. accused Leeds of working for the devil.
0: Wow. So they really came after him. They just started coming after each other. Hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore. Big
1: time. Mouthy title.
0: Very specific.
1: Yes, very. <laughs> In 1716, Daniel Leeds retired and turned over the almanac to his son Titan. Titan Leeds resigned the front page to include the family crest, which featured wyverns, creatures that incidentally resemble what would later be dis- given as descriptions of the Jersey Devil. Oh Yeah, shit. so wyverns are dragon-like creatures. They're not. They got. Uh, they're long-bodied. Horns, stuff like that. So it's Ooh. it's part of their family crest, though, which is, are becomes creepy. important later. Yes, are creepy. Looking. They are. They're
0: like dragons, but with like a stubbier neck.
1: Yes, they are. They don't have wings, right?
0: They have wings. Oh, they do. Okay, then. I'll... Yeah, look at that one.
1: Yeah. Ooh, it's so spook.
0: Very spook.
1: So at a certain point, Titan entered into a feud with none other than Ben Franklin, old Benny Boy. So weird. It, uh, it is. It's really like I had no clue. Um. Franklin, after beginning to print his own almanac, the Poor Richard's Almanac, I'm sure if you know almanacs, you've heard of that one, right? That was Ben Franklin's creation, which is fucking crazy that it's still around. Well, he wanted to get rid of some of his competition. The upstart Franklin was England to make a name for himself as a publisher. As a publicity stunt, Franklin, in the guise of, quote, Poor Richard Saunders, claimed that astrological calculations showed Titan Leeds would die in 1733, so he just threw a jab at him simply because he could. When the prediction didn't pan out, Leeds called Franklin a fool and a liar. Franklin shot back, claiming that since Titan Leeds had died, his ghost must be doing all the shouting now. Just straight up was like, no, he's dead. No,
0: he's actually, no, <laughs> he's is... dead. Don't listen to him. That's his ghost.
1: And people ate it up. This is like the most drama that these this little tiny villages and hobbles and whatever had seen it ever.
0: It's insane. It's so, it's so, Um, just so petty.
1: It is. It's just
0: so petty. It's like.
1: It's real housewives level. Yeah,
0: mean girl <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it just it just keeps getting worse. Leeds, uh, Leeds tried to defend himself, but Franklin kept a straight face and argued that Leeds had been resurrected from the dead. As the spec continued, Franklin insisted that Leeds had in fact died and that he was being impersonated by an inferior publisher. So it's like, yeah, he's dead. Actually, haven't you noticed the almanac got way shittier since he died? Oh my god. And Leeds, I'm sure, is just red in the face, fuming. Yelling
0: and screaming, but no one can even hear him because he's dead.
1: Out there hoeing his plot of land, angry. The plan Ben Franklin came up with did work, though. Poor Richard's Almanac became famous while the pioneering Leeds Almanac dwindled. Titan Leeds actually died in 1738. And in one last salty ass move, Ben Franklin, one of America's founding fathers, publicly commended what he called the imposters, for ending their charade. He Even after he died, he was throwing punches. Ben had no chill. I can just imagine poor Titan leads in his deathbed trying to think of one last jab at old Benny boy, only to come back as a ghost and see that son of a bitch burned you harder than you were ever burned while you were alive. <laughs> just des- destroyed like, what he's like, that he had left. He's like, thank you for
0: stopping the ruse yes. and admitting that he is actually dead.
1: I he's like, I just died! Ben been Franklin, everyone. this whole time! <laughs> <laughs> ben Franklin is one of the most ridiculous characters. All these guys were not these crazy, honorable, dis- distinguished people that a lot of people want to believe the founding fathers were. Ben Franklin was fucking everything. They were just mouthy. It's very mouthy. <laughs> they
0: were just loud. Yeah. I mean, he did a lot. Not to
1: just I know he ben did. Franklin. He did a lot. He did do a he lot of a kai, He had he discovered electricity, yada yada. But he also yeah. was he was. I'm pretty sure he was like. He was fucking around.
0: Yeah, I mean, we got we get into the whole like Nikola Tesla thing, and we just kind of yeah. There's some there's some gray areas
1: when it Very. comes to those guys. So, how exactly did this story become associated with an actual demon? Many references to the Leeds family in the story of the Jersey Devil don't exactly add up. One version of the legend claims that Leeds' wife was Mother Leeds, real name Deborah Smith, and that the birth of the Jersey Devil took place in 1735. This is impossible, though, as Daniel Leeds died in 1720, and the Deborah Smith of this story is not the name of any of his recorded wives. He had a uh-huh. couple of wives. I think she was like the Leeds woman was his third wife.
0: I'm sorry. Do you see the name that's about to come up next?
1: I do, yeah. That's real close to yours. Yeah. In addition to this, Professor Fred R. McFadden, Jr. of Coppin State University in Baltimore, found that the 1735 date likely comes from the earliest printed reference to a devil he could find. The location of this devil was given only as Burlington, with no connection to Leeds otherwise. Burlington, New Jersey, it should be noted, is one of the many cities that claims to be the birthplace of the Jersey Devil. So they got that going for him, I guess. McFadden has also shared his theory of how Daniel Leeds' name came to be associated with the Jersey Devil. And this is pretty interesting to me. He mentions that Leeds' connection with Lord Cornberry... Lord ca-
0: Cornbury, Yeah,
1: thank you. ...caused him to withdraw from politics and the public eye, and additionally claims that several of his children were mentally disabled. Uh, uh. I guess people didn't like that back then. I don't know. These combined caused him to suffer public ridicule. By the time reports of the Leeds devil begin to appear, it seems that these were likely the result of new Americans happy to paint Leeds, a British loyalist, as a monster. Brian Regal, a history professor at Keynes University, who has researched this subject extensively, also has much to say on the matter. In an article from The Guardian, he said, quote, This starts off as a kind of political thing rather than as a witchcraft occult thing. At the time, to accuse someone of being a devil was the worst thing you could do. Regal claims that the Leeds family were portrayed as political and religious monsters, which would eventually lead to the portrayal of the Leeds devil and spawn the legend of the Jersey devil much farther down the line.
0: That's so wild. It is. That it could just be a family was disliked because they were anti-Quaker, and so now they have a devil son. <laughs> like,
1: Yeah, exactly. It's pretty fucked up. If you can't beat them, smear him. Right. Regal also takes issue with the lack of evidence surrounding reports from of the Jersey Devil, such as children being killed by it, or the famous claim that a minister attempted to exorcise it in 1740. He says there's no historical documentation to support this, and honestly, why would there be? This dude's out in the woods throwing holy water at the air. I'm right. I don't know what Yeah,
0: I think, I mean, you'd have to get your hands on it to exercise it, so... Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Um, seems impossible. It
0: seems just like a flawed story
1: Your flawed story's plan. flawed. I challenge <laughs> your credentials. Exactly. Regal was also interviewed for Vice's article, Why the Urban Legend of the Jersey Devil Won't Die. He told them, I think the actual origins are far more interesting than some monster story. It has more historical importance. It says a lot about fear over new ways of thinking in early America and the dawn of the scientific revolution. All of that is more interesting than a flying dragon.
0: That's debatable.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely debatable. I could see that. I really think this story is super interesting, though. I had no idea the Leeds were actually semi-well-known, although hated, family in New England. Didn't know that. I really do think that I like this story more than the story of the Jersey Devil just because of how sassy Ben Franklin was. So
0: sassy. So
1: sassy. I swear to God, the more I find out about that guy, the more I think the founding fathers were just ridiculous rich guys who just wanted to hoard their money and have sex with literally everything. You're
0: probably not wrong. I don't
1: think I am. I can tell you right now, they'd be appalled with the pionists of this country. They would absolutely be BDSM dudes. I'm positive of it. <laughs> At least men would. That man was very sexual.
0: I bet he's. Ex- he would be experimenting. He'd be into it. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. But
0: you know, yeah, I gotta, I gotta just circle right back real quick over to the fact that he thinks um, that Regal thinks that it's more interesting. Yeah, the origins are more interesting than if it was an actual flying dragon. Um, no i'm sorry <laughs> you're wrong we know this is like the tale as old as time people are scared of new ideas yeah um i think a flying dragon would be more interesting
1: i think a flying dragon might settle some of the disputes that people were having exactly back then. yeah exactly be, yeah we just burn all the regressionists
0: let them burn
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're in no way inciting violence oh we, no that no, was no. allegedly alleged this is yeah, all this for a joke this is all a joke, a joke. yep just joke before we wrap up this story though i want to take a step back and look at the creature people have been seeing right so maybe it's not technically the quote-unquote jersey devil but people are claiming to have seen something right what if because we've assigned it this name there's a big chunk of skeptics who are throwing these sightings of an actual cryptid out the window sure maybe it's not the famous beast in new jersey but maybe it is something what if it's more than one thing Instead of leaving you with a sense of emptiness, thinking about the lack of evidence for the Jersey Devil, we're gonna end this episode with a few tales of strange sightings I found on another Ooh. weird New Jersey article. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> both the stories are equally as interesting, but it is like that's a good thought experiment at, at the least. to think like maybe there is something out there, and because we're saying it's the Jersey Devil, everyone's go ah that shit's not real. It's here's the, the origins of that name, but really there is something or some things flying around that that New England just harassing people
0: I love that idea I totally can get behind that I think that a lot of unidentified things could just be like a weird um blend of breeding that happened like a freak or a freak mutation that happened and we are just um instead of believing in things we're we're falling into like skepticism mode
1: Exactly. That's a very easy to do. I, I do consider myself a skeptic most of the time, but it is always good to, to be open to these things. Okay, so Emily, why don't you start us off? What's a, We We have names for these. These do come from a Weird New Jersey article again, and these are were submitted to them. So,
0: so you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, this story is called Driving by the Devil in the Pale Moonlight. Ooh. This has haunted me since it happened in 1972. I was a senior at what was then Glassboro State College. I had heard about the Jersey Devil when I came to South Jersey, but being from North Jersey, a different world. I thought I was far too sophisticated to believe in such humbuggery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, North Jersey versus South Jersey, it's a very it's a, different it's a rival. Very different. <laughs> One winter night I was driving to Glassboro from Blackwood on Green Tree Road. At the time the road was flanked by orchards and farms. There were few houses, and there was hardly any development. I was completely sober and awake when I caught a glimpse of something in my rearview mirror. Curious as to what it could have been, I slowed down to take a gander. It was dark out, but moonlit enough that I had no trouble at all discerning the upright figure of a creature crossing the road from one side to the other, roughly twenty-five feet behind my car. The figure stood taller than a man by far, and had thick haunches similar to a goat's, supporting its nearly human-looking torso and a huge woolly head. It moved heavily, and didn't seem at all disturbed by me being there. I didn't linger long enough to see much more. I hit the gas and flew to the Mansion Park apartments in the borough. So petrified was I that I slept the rest of the night in the car, unwilling to get out in the same darkness that had introduced me to the Jersey Devil. Never again from that day on have I ridden on Green Tree Road, day or night. That I haven't gotten the heebie-jeebies just thinking about that winter night so long ago.
1: Oh man, I had noticed this when I pulled it. This is the story from Mary Richard that Christensen. That is straight
0: up from Mary Ritzer Christensen.
1: Yeah, and that's—I didn't notice that. I actually telling. pulled. Yes, it was very well done. Thank you, Mary. We also have the bike story a little bit later too. I did know that. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so my turn. Don't ever camps in the pine barrens alone. This comes from Keith. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Keith. Keith. I spent a lot of time in the Pine Barrens when I was growing up in New Jersey and had my share of strange experiences. When I was about 13, I went camping alone near Hampton Furnace. I had a bow with me and went looking for a rabbit dinner about an hour before sundown. Just casually, gonna go hunt a rabbit. Something started following me back in the trees. It held me back to my camp and circled while I cooked my dinner. This kept up until about two hours after dark and let me tell you, it was one dark night. I finally decided that my visitor had moved on and crawled into my tent. When I just started to calm down, I heard a foot stomp right down behind the tent. I got all set up to jump out when this thing, whatever it was, started screaming. (laughs) That's it. We have it. (laughs) Isolate that sound. I would compare the volume of the scream to a large truck's horn. So maybe... Yeah, there we go. I couldn't decide what to do. I had my bow and knife, but they didn't seem like much. After several blasts, it just stopped. I didn't hear a sound except for my heart for about an hour. I was sure that if I stuck my head out of that tent, I'd lose it. In the morning, I could find no tracks in the pine needles. To this day, I still don't like sleeping in tents. I'd rather take my chances in the open. strange decision you've made there at the end, but I understand (laughs) a little bit, I guess. I don't. Well, I guess he wants to see what's in front of him I so he can I guess you want to
0: see it. Like a I, man. I, I don't know. I feel like if that was your experience, then you would just quit camping.
1: Uh, that's more where I would go. I'd be Non-camping like, I'm never going over open. there again. <laughs> no, now I'll just go over there and sleep on the ground.
0: No, I, Keith, I think that's the wrong approach, bud. I think so. This next story is called Field Trips to the Jersey Devil's Turf. As a native of Cape May County, I've had the typical rite of passage trip to the Pine Barrens, the legendary home of the Jersey Devil. This Jersey girl went to Cape May County Technical High School. Which, yeah,
1: go uh, Spruce Pines. I don't, I don't know. what's their mascot? I don't know. Why would I know? Because <laughs> you're from there.
0: Because I, So I know all the high school mascots. I don't even remember what my high school mascot was going to be. I know it was it Shawnee the, High School. The Gobba Ghouls. No.
1: <laughs> Just i do as much Gobba Ghoul jokes as I can. That's
0: not even. I feel like that's New York. Anyway. This Jersey girl went to Cape May County Technical High School, which sponsored trips to the Pine Barrens for good grades in certain classes. I was one of the fortunate students to go three times during my four-year career at CMCT. Each time I went on this trip, my canoe was followed by a heavy-footed thing. Which, um, Asterix, how is it heavy? You were in a canoe. Hmm. Heavy-footed?
1: I don't know. This doesn't... Maybe it was on the bank. They could hear it thumping.
0: Maybe? Okay. With each step, I heard branches snap under its feet. H- or hooves? Mm. Every ten minutes or so, I could hear deep, beastly growls that to this day give me the creeps. Being in a canoe on a class trip didn't afford me much opportunity to flee in terror, so I stuck it out for three years. Every year, it was the same. During my sophomore year, I was pretty... Can I just say, year two, after year two, after the second occurrence, are you still going back for year three? you still going to go for that third time? Third I don't know what's going charm? on
1: up there. I mean, that one guy's just going to go camp on the ground by it. So this doesn't Not seem that different Not the brightest bulbs in
0: the box up there in New Jersey. Oh, sorry if you're listening in New Jersey. <laughs> During my sophomore year, I was pretty confident about my canoeing skills. So I didn't look over my shoulder much. I went canoeing with a friend of mine when we came across a bag that had been torn open and gone through. Around it, there were prints on the ground that looked something like a horse's hoof, only bigger. Then I heard it the cry that still haunts my dreams. Part human, part beast, and full of anger, pregnant with pure hate. I nearly flipped the canoe. We left, leaving whatever it was out there behind. Or so I thought. It seems to follow us. Every time we stopped or paused, it got closer to the river. We pushed on. Then worse came to worse as we tipped the canoe. Oh, no. Oh, no! I heard the thing running behind us and thought for sure we were dead. Then we righted our canoe and got into it as fast as humanly possible. We finally made it out to safety, sun-fried to a crisp, missing all of our valuables and most of our clothes, but never happier to be on shore. We packed up our bus and left. As we were leaving, I rested my head on the window and saw a little cottage. I looked at it until the bus was about to pass it and saw a woman. She looked back at me, and I could see her skin was torn and bleeding. After the bus passed, she vanished. That all scared me so badly, I wouldn't go into the woods for a year. All so right. That one is signed by Kelly.
1: Thank you, Kelly, for that uh, wonderful. Spoopy. Very spoopy. A little, you know, a little confusing. <laughs> little confusing. That's okay, though. Not the
0: best storyteller, but hey, I appreciate the effort.
1: Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, tipping the canoes doesn't sound like something that someone was pretty confident about your canoeing skills would do on a regular basis. Maybe
0: it was her friend's fault. Ah,
1: it could have been. <laughs> That's true. All right, the next story is The Devil on Route 9. This is written by Sonny Z. Let me tell you of a sighting of the Jersey Devil. I was driving up Route 9 in Bayville at around 10 p.m. There were two cars in front of me, and we were traveling about 35 miles an hour. To the right of Route 9 is a mini mall top building with woods behind it. To the right is Allwoods. All of a sudden, I saw this big thing run across Route 9. It looked like one of the classic pictures of the Jersey Devil. It had no tail, no fur, its ribs showed, and it had a long, odd head with short ears that laid flat. It looked almost 10 feet tall. I noticed it because the first car stepped on its brakes, as did the second car. When I looked ahead, I saw this thing galloping across Route 9 and straight into the woods. I was not really scared because it did not register yet. Mm -hmm. I stopped to mail something in the mailbox about 300 feet from the main road, and I saw a child's shirt, shorts, and one sneaker lying on the ground. I mailed my letter, ran into my car, and laid rubber all the way home. This is at 10 p.m. This man is delivering letters at 10 p.m. Yeah.
0: Strange. It is. I told you, strange, strange things are happening in Jersey.
1: <laughs> I was certain that I had seen the Jersey Devil. No one believes me. They say it was a deer. I have never seen a deer that big, that fast, or that weird looking in my life. What is really creepy is that the other people the other two people driving in front of me stepped on their brakes, so they must have seen it too. That is strange.
0: Don't you wish there was a way to like contact your fellow driver?
1: And be like, did you fucking see yeah, that?
0: Yeah, like a CB radio <laughs> or something. Like, get that instant. It's a good note. If you're
1: driving behind someone with that, how's my driving sign? And it's not the one that says one eight hundred fuck you or whatever. Uh, call them if something strange happens. To see if they saw it too.
0: Yeah, that's one. That's one way to do yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Before we do this, I think this is the last story. Um, I have a strange story about a deer that that reminded me of that we were driving to my friend's house, and we saw a deer on the side of the road, and it was looking straight up into the sky, and we drove by it. And it didn't move. We stopped. We stopped. We parked the car by the deer, deer. and it was looking straight up into the sky. Did you
0: look up in the sky? I,
1: we did, and it just sat there. It. We left the deer standing there as we drove away, and it was very uncomfortable and it, it really creeped me That's out.
0: That's really fucking creepy. Yeah, haunts man. my
1: dreams. Anywho, yeah,
0: I want to know more about that. That's weird. Okay, this last story is called "The Screams of the Jersey Devil." I actually have two stories about the Jersey Devil. The first one is my own experience. As a little kid, my parents took my family camping every summer around the Pine Barrens. One night, we all slept in a big tent. I woke up to the sound of what to me was like a woman screaming. It was a blood-curdling scream over and over again, but I was the only one awake. I thought, being the naive child I was, that a woman was being attacked by a wolf. I don't know where I got that conclusion, but it must have been from the screams. No one believed my story ever, As I got older, I became more interested in the Jersey Devil legend. Many of the stories were people talking about the screams they hear in the pines at night. As they described them, I got chills because I know what they were talking about. A few years ago, I was talking to my uncle who is from Pomona, and he compared what I described to what he has also heard growing up in the pines. This leads me to my other story, which is his experience. He says that when he was growing up, he had this dog that would stay by him all the time as he played out in the woods and fields around his house. One day, while he was on his porch, he could hear those same screams coming from deep in the woods, and his dog ran out of sight after the noise. Apparently, the screams got louder, and the dog scrambled back to the porch with his tail between his legs, and he never left the porch again. As hard as he tried, my uncle could not get his once faithful dog to follow him into those woods. So maybe this isn't any hard evidence, but it sure as hell is weird. There is no doubt in my mind that something exists out there, and that one was simply signed by Megan.
1: All right, pretty weird when a dog won't go into the woods with you, right? Dogs seem to—they know—they know what's going on, they right?
0: They know things.
1: They do. They don't like spooky shit. And when there's—if they don't go in, you don't go in. That's—that's that's what I say. All right. Yeah,
0: and if they don't like somebody, you don't like that person either. That's all I'm saying.
1: No. The last story that we have is apparently from the guy whose bike stalled out that we mentioned earlier. Hopefully we'll get a little more detail this time. This is called Camping with the Jersey Devil. In the late 1980s, a couple of my friends and I took a camping trip to the Pine Barrens. I was unaware that we were headed to the home of the Jersey Devil. We headed out on our bikes and did our share of partying that night. The next day, while everyone was asleep, three of us decided to hit the trails a bit earlier than usual. Usual. We were about 100 yards away in the woods when my bike stalled out. I looked and found that my friends had stalled also. At first, I thought it had something to do with the terrain or maybe something to do with the nearby power plants. Don't know why you thought that, but okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, these are pedal bikes, right?
1: I think they're, no, they're dirt bikes. Oh,
0: they're dirt bikes. Okay, that makes a lot more sense.
1: Fifty feet away from each other, we tried to start up our bikes when suddenly, from the woods, we heard the most horrible, piercing scream. It sounded inhuman, like something being tortured. Once back at camp, they asked us if we had heard the screams earlier. They had heard them, too, four miles away. That night we headed into the local town because we ran out of booze. We went into a bar and I ordered a drink, still in shock from what I had heard that morning. The bartender asked
0: Hey kid, what'd you see? A ghost or something?
1: That's great. Thank you. After I told him the story he smiled and said
0: It looks like you met our little friend.
1: Then he asked us to come out back. He showed us a tin garbage can that was shredded to bits. It looked like the shreds were made from something with three claws. I have never returned to the Pine Baron since then and I do not plan to go back. Frank T all right that's pretty weird too right i don't fully understand what was going on with the dirt bikes but is the scream is something that seems to translate throughout the whole all the stories
0: well i don't know when i hear that the the dirt bike stopped working that's when i just start to hop into the theory that maybe there's um creatures unknown in this area yeah doesn't necessarily have to be the devil yeah right it could be an extraterrestrial a number of things a demon it could be any number of things
1: yeah Exactly. When, when I
0: hear about the bike stalling out, that's when I think of some, some extraterrestrial larger entity. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, what do you think? These stories all claim to have seen something or at least heard it. Maybe there is in fact something or a number of things wandering the pine barrens of New Jersey. It would be easy enough to hide in a place that is still to this day rugged and remote. The Jersey Devil isn't the only thing you may find in there though. Many other legends are associated with the area. Supernatural creatures and ghosts said to haunt the Pine Forest include the ghost of the pirate Captain Kidd, who supposedly buried treasure in the Pine Barrens and is sometimes allegedly seen in the company of the Jersey Devil.
0: Now we're cooking with gas. This is what I'm talking about. There's just club cryptid happening in the Pine Barrens.
1: Exactly. Exactly. The ghost of the black doctor, the benevolent spirit of an African-American doctor who, after being forbidden from practicing medicine due to his race, entered the Pine Barrens to practice medicine in the isolated communities of the Barrens, and is said to still come to the aid of lost or injured travelers. The ghost of the black dog, which, unlike many black dog legends, is usually portrayed as harmless. The ghost of the golden-haired girl, which is interesting to me because that one woman's story included a bloody woman, the right. spirit of a girl who is said to be staring out into the sea, dressed in white, mourning the loss of her lover, and the white stag, a ghostly white deer said to rescue travelers in the barrens from danger.
0: <clears throat> oh, I like that one.
1: Yeah, there are also folk tales concerning the blue hole, an unusually clear, blue, and rounded body of water located in the Pine Barrens between Monroe Township, Gloucester County, and Winslow Township, Camden County, and is often also associated with the Jersey Devil. So, what's the reality here? Is there something lurking in the deep woods of southeast New Jersey? It seems that for now, the only way to know for sure is to head into the Pine Barrens yourself and hope you make it out alive. Ooh, ooh. And that's the episode. Yay! Yeah, that was wonderful. I enjoyed that one. That was that was another fun one to do some research. I love cryptids. They're so much fun
0: yeah the jersey devil is a fun one too definitely interesting interesting background
1: yeah I, I, there was one that i was very interested in as a kid that i was like really, really oh my god yeah i love i love the jersey devil i always was so cool there's actually a really fun documentary it's like a blair witch style uh documentary where people go into the into the pine Barrens looking for the jersey devil and i can't remember the name oh, shit. if i can find it i'll put it into the discord
0: yeah but, you definitely do that yeah. i want to watch that too by the oh, way oh
1: yeah we, we will and it, Uh, that's on the list now cool that'll be fun
0: all right all
1: right that's it guys thanks so much for listening uh don't forget you can find us on discord there's a link in our instagram and twitter which you should also follow you can find us there at the underscore lrh underscore pod and the discord is totally free guys you just come in you say hello we post source links photos all sorts of fun stuff so just go come in and say hi
0: yeah, join our little LRH community Community of homies If you will Yeah. Um, You can also find us on Facebook At the LRH pod And you can reach us via email At the LRH show at gmail.com
1: Yes please tell us your stories We want to hear them Lastly, if you want to contribute to the podcast, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the LRH podcast. There are three cool tiers that you can join and hop into, and it helps us a whole lot, and we thank all of our wonderful patrons for for helping us and giving us your support. So thank you so much for believing in us.
0: Yeah, thanks, y'all. It means a lot.
1: Yeah, lastly, if you're listening on Apple, don't forget, leave us a review and give us a rating. That's going to help us so, so much, and we appreciate every single one of those we get as well. So keep giving us five-star reviews. That's that's the new subliminal mission. Five stars.
0: Five stars. Just five stars. Discord. Patreon. Yeah. Five Please. stars. Discord. Patreon.
1: We're coming. All right. So that's it though, right?
0: That's everything.
1: Oh, uh, one last thing. We do have some merchandise that's going to become available yeah. with our new logo very soon. Woohoo! Super excited for that. That should be up by the end of the week, at least like a mug or something. Uh, yeah, they're really awesome, and I love this new logo. I think it's going to look good on a, on a shirt and a mug and a t-shirt. Oh, a hat? A hat. Ooh, a hat. Oh, Ooh, man. Oh, yeah. Whoa, a mama. pin? Oh, a pin would be sweet. Do pin the ra- would be Do sweet. The, the little homes, the little radio station. That'd be really yeah. cool. Cool, but yeah, so that stuff's coming, so keep an eye out as well, guys. And once again, thanks for listening. You guys are awesome. And as always, join us next time on The Long Long Road Road Home. Home. We will see you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Smell you later.